Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Thank you, Lord, for meeting us here tonight. This is more than a vague promise, but I thank you for your presence and your spirit here. Amen. Come on, let's entertain this now. Amen. Let's not just shift gears too quickly here. Thank you, Lord, for being here with us tonight, God. Thank you for your spirit and your presence, God, that is so evident in this house right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, we're going to lean to you. We're going to put our trust and our confidence in you. We're going to place our hand in your hand, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You ready? Praise God. I want I want Sister Edith, if she will, to put a couple of scriptures on the screen. This week's prayer focus, our month of January, 30 days of prayer. This week's prayer focus is pray that we will be overcomers and go forward despite any opposition that we may face. Amen. This is our prayer focus. I hope you're following this. Amen. Don't don't let just be an email that kind of gets in a spam folder or deleted or a piece of paper that gets lost in our bills and things of that nature. This week's prayer focus. Pray that we will be overcomers and that we will go forward despite any opposition that we may face. Our scripture link to this prayer focus is Exodus 14 and 14. The Lord shall fight for you and ye shall hold your peace. Verse number 15, the Bible says, and the Lord said unto Moses, wherefore criest thou unto me, speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. Amen. Now, that may not mean a whole lot to you if it's just an image on a screen, but if you know where this passage of scripture is and what it deals with, they are facing a formidable opposition. It was called the Red Sea. <laughs> They were facing imminent death in front of them by way of drowning, imminent death behind them by way of an enemy. But the Lord said, Moses, amen, tell the children of Israel to go forward. Amen, we're gonna go forward. I feel that in the Holy Ghost today. Amen, we're gonna go forward in the name of the Lord. I'm thankful for what I feel. I'm gonna ask you to join me in the book of Luke. That's a long way from Exodus, but let's go to the book of Luke. Brother Charles Mahaney used to say you might have to lick your thumb more than one time to travel that far. <laughs> the book of Luke chapter 11. I want to read a very familiar passage of scripture. And we're going to camp out here for a few weeks. So if you want to just kind of mark this in your heart and mind or your Bible, whatever you feel necessary. The book of Luke chapter 11 and verse number 1. I didn't mean that we are going to stay here a few weeks tonight. It's only going to seem that way. It's just going to seem that way. 
the calendar will prove differently. The book of Luke 11 and one, and it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, when you pray, say, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen, let's pray. Lord, I love you today, and I thank you for the incredible privilege that you have given me to stand behind this pulpit one more time. I'm just asking you tonight, God, to help me stand in your strength and not in mine. Help me to stand in your wisdom and not in mine. And help us, Lord, to delegate and preach your word and not mine. I pray that your word will find a place in our heart, in our mind, in our soul. And I ask you tonight to strengthen us as we cultivate our lives today. Cultivate something in our heart. Stir the, the ground tonight. Plant a seed in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. And you can be seated. Through the years, I have taught a series multiple times on the subject of the Lord's Prayer. I felt a passage of scripture I was reminded of Monday in Philippians 3 and 1 when Paul said, to write the same things to, unto you, to me indeed is not grievous, but it is for you, for you, he said, but for you it is safe. So what Paul was saying was, I'm not just saying what I'm saying because I have nothing else to say. I'm doing this for your sake, doing this for my sake. And so I'm not teaching on this because I have nothing better to speak about. I want to teach on the subject of prayer for a few reasons. I think, number one, at the very top of the list, that prayer is probably one of the most important subjects that we could ever discuss at any time in um, any format, the power of prayer. I also believe that God is stirring something in the vein of prayer in our church family right now. I've had several things to confirm uh, confirm that, and I'm, so I feel like that I'm not just kind of saying that to say that. I feel that God has confirmed that as a direction. I think that as a church, we have so many things in place, so many of the right ingredients are on the table. And so now we just need to allow the Lord to lead us to the fruition of what he's really trying to do in our lives, individually, collectively, as a family, and perhaps even corporately as a body. So I pray that, that uh, we would not, or I hope that we would not just be praying because that's our theme this year, think up about unified prayer. But I trust that the Lord will help us to truly become more prayerful because he's placed a burden in our heart to do so. Now, if we can cultivate that burden through preaching and teaching and various things of that nature, I certainly want to do my part. In that regard, I want to, I've committed myself to reread many books that I have already read through the years on the subject of prayer because I just want to break open something again in my heart. It is so easy to allow life, just life, to get us in a headlock. We just get bound by the daily routine and the grind and it's and there are some things that if you're not really intentional about 
they'll never happen. And uh, many years ago, many, many years ago, it's just old hat at this point, but someone um, kind of made a round to it and uh, they were giving those round to it's away because if, if that's that, if you don't have one, have one handed to you, that's about the only round to it you're ever going to get because if you wait till you get a round to it to do things, they, they go undone. And so I, I, I believe that at its basic and most fundamental description that prayer is about discipline. Amen. Plain and simple, we will never develop a prayer life without some basic disciplines in our life. We can make all kind of commitments in our heart and our mind. We can raise our hand, put a check mark by our name. We can do all, all sorts of things, but if we don't discipline ourselves Amen. Then without that basic fundamental element of just saying this is what I'm doing today because it's the right thing to do. I have said something publicly many times, not just from behind this pulpit, but from many pulpits, and it always seems to resonate with any crowd, any crowd really young or old. It always seems to get a, a positive response. I said it just a few Sundays ago, not on purpose, not baiting you so I could use this tonight. But uh, I've made a statement before it's true in my life and I think it, the reason it resonates in so many other lives is because it's true in yours is that I am where I am and you are where you are because somebody prayed for us. Unequivocally. That's, that's not just kind of a little comfort statement there is so much truth in that for me. I can't speak for you, but there is so much truth in that for me. And I'm very thankful for that someone. I have the privilege of knowing who a few of those someones are. But the mystical part is, is that there were people praying for me that I had no idea was praying for me. But they felt that God would, they felt something in the spirit and that God was leading them to pray for me and they we're obedient to that spirit. I think the danger or the risk that we run is that we often forget that as life moves on and as one chapter of a life closes and new chapters of lives begin, we fail to realize that we are now that someone that God is depending on to pray a prayer of intercession for others. We may attribute the intercessory prayer that brought us where we are to our parents or grandparents or other families or members or friends or whatever, but it's so important that we remember that today we occupy that role or that position in the life of someone else. That's why it is so tragic for us to deny our stations in life. It's very tragic when someone life in and of itself is trying to take them to a certain place or life has taken us to certain places. The problem is sometimes we want to deny being there. And uh, when life takes us to those certain places, instead of fighting that and resisting that, we need to understand that if we deny this certain station of our life, then we are, as I've said so often, we're going to miss the fruit that comes with being in that station of life. So don't worry about getting older. 
because you're going to get there regardless. Don't worry about the, how many digits are stacking up behind your name or your birth date. We need to understand the value of the station in life that we hold because with every gaining year, God has given us a greater footprint in the lives of other people. Amen. I believe with all my heart what I'm saying or I wouldn't be talking about this tonight. I believe that as God allows years to, to stack into our lives, that experience becomes very meaningful to someone. We all have people. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to stand here too much or spend too much time on this, but we all have people that we have admired through the years. They had just like maybe a little one-liners. I'm not talking about cutesy statements, but just some elders that had some things that were shirt sleeve wisdom. And, and as life has progressed on, those statements have only gone up in value. It's hard to imagine that someone would look at you the same way that you have looked at others. But let me tell you tonight, someone is looking at us as we have looked at others. And so that's why it's important for us to understand the value of our ability to touch God on behalf of someone else. I think it's obviously never too early for parents to start praying for their children. As a matter of fact, we never stop praying for them. We've heard it said countless times that prayer changes things. And I'm gonna tell you that that's true. Prayer, prayer changes things. Amen, I'm not talking about now I lay me down to sleep or God bless this food for the nourishment of our bodies, but I'm talking about prayer. Prayer, getting a hold of God. Praying past that moment of distraction. I'm gonna get right down where we live because when you first start praying, that's when you start remembering all the things you need to do. That's where you remember the lost keys and the lost knife and that's where you remember the lost whatever and we, and that's, and we have to press through that and get into that realm of just me and God and I'm gonna praise him and I'm gonna magnify him and, and because of that, prayer can be challenging. Can I get a witness there? Prayer can be strenuous mentally and physically. Prayer can be demanding, real prayer. The disciples themselves must have been struggling with the concept of prayer because they didn't ask the Lord to teach them how to speak publicly or how to teach publicly or even privately or how to heal the sick, but they did recognize a need in their life. I don't know how you feel about this personally and I'm not trying to start or stop anything, but I have appreciated prayer guides in my life. Amen, something that kind of helps me focus on something. I keep a prayer list. Amen, I, I have a, a list of things that I try to pray about every day and I want them on a list, not because I want to be robotic in that, but I want to remember. I want something to focus me around. I like our prayer focuses in the month of January and, and I appreciate things like that. I, I think we ought to be, have unscripted prayers, of course, but I'm thankful for things that bring us into a focus. Amen, the disciples realized that there's something lacking. And so that lacking thing was we need help with prayer. Now, I, I, I said that a moment ago, I, I wanna be really clear. I think that prayer and what I'm at least, what I'm reaching for tonight, I'm not talking about crisis praying. There's a time for crisis praying, but I'm talking about a consistent prayer life. Amen, not just when everything went bust. Amen, almost anybody can pray in a crisis. We need to be paving the path of life, our lives, with daily prayer. 
Amen. I want daily prayer. The Bible says in our opening verse tonight that, that Jesus was in a certain place praying when the disciples approached him concerning prayer. Maybe it was just this example of prayer that brought to light their lack of prayer or their lack of effective praying. I've been challenged by prayerful people in my life and so I don't think that that the Lord was praying to be seen but I believe that as an example there was something pure about his prayer and it cultivated a desire and so I believe that prayer it certainly should be natural for us as believers but sometimes human weaknesses and our own inabilities calls for us to ask the Lord to teach me to pray, help me to learn how to pray. I don't think that we should ever feel so spiritually frustrated about areas such as prayer just because we don't understand everything there is to understand about it. We need to do what the disciples did, turn to the Lord. Teach me to pray. He said, you have not because you ask not. I felt somewhat embarrassed a few days ago because I was thinking about something. I, was, I wouldn't say I was praying about it, but I was just thinking about something and I just felt like the Lord impressed in my heart. He said, you've never asked me. You've never asked me. And I thought, here is this deficit in my life that I just, all I had to do was ask for. Just ask for some help. You know what I've found in and in uh, spending so many years leading, what I have found is sometimes I'm weary with trying to lift the heavy end of something that's all because I haven't asked anybody to help. And I've always been kind of bowled over when you just said, hey, would you mind grabbing the other end of that? And they said, well, sure. Be glad to help. And it, and it reduced tremendously, exponentially, the load. And so I wonder how... Tonight, it would be if we just ask the Lord, teach us to pray, teach us to pray. So today, we have the privilege of being able to assimilate the word of God in our lives through the backdrop of what we're doing here tonight, the church. It's so much easier at times to pray when we're all together, just praying. The spirit of the Lord begins to move. The power of the Lord begins to move. I felt in the Holy Ghost a moment ago during the song, I just felt God directed me to a passage of, of scripture and I just felt like the Lord spoke to my heart to read that passage of scripture. So you were singing one song, but I just felt like praying some of the scripture. Amen, I don't know what the Lord was trying to prove in my heart, but I felt something release in my spirit as I just began to pray the scripture of God. His word is powerful, his word is true. My, 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 prayer is communion with God. He wants to know us more than that. He wants us to know him. Praise the Lord. Just like he met Adam and Eve in the garden, he also, I believe, wants to meet with us. And so as we grow in prayer, we begin to discover that prayer is more than simply just asking God for stuff. Prayer is not an attempt to force the hand of God, coerce God to feel some need in our life. Prayer in all reality is a true act of submission to the Lord. Understanding that God answers our prayers and understanding that God is wiser than us. Amen, having it in the brackets of thy will be done. Amen, that should be sufficient for us. Because for many people, the Lord's prayer in their mind at least is just a prayer to recite. 
but I believe with spiritual eyes that we can see that the Lord's Prayer is not just a prayer to memorize. There's nothing wrong with memorizing it because it should serve as a model. But the Lord's Prayer is a model for prayer. And that prayer, the Lord's Prayer, can, can lead us to a life-changing experience. And so in the next few Wednesday nights, I wanna just look at this model of prayer. Our theme is on prayer. If I can say one thing that sticks in your mind, if I can say one thing with the help of God that just pricks in your spirit, then it will have been worth every moment. Amen, it's my hope that we'll, be, that we'll allow something to be released in our heart and let the power of God's true word touch our lives. You see, prayer is not nearly as mystical as some people may suppose. I don't think prayer is just about memorizing a few empty phrases. As a matter of fact, Jesus discouraged that very much. In Matthew 6 and 7, he said, when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Amen. So don't get into just some vain repetition and don't just try to out-talk the Lord. Amen. I think there's a time of prayer that we ought to be heard and a time of prayer when we ought to be listening. Amen. Let the Spirit of God touch our heart and our lives to speak to our heart. Amen. We gotta pray this prayer, not just say this prayer. There's more power in prayer than in all the armies of the world. Prayer. I was... I. I sure have mentioned it at least a couple of times, but Brother Thompson was talking about someone in Canada that was praying, just felt led to call his name in prayer. And in Guatemala, someone was trying to steal his car at that very moment, run him off the road to steal his car. There's so much power in prayer. You can't put it in a box. You can't keep it in a house. You can't hide it in your heart. You can't hide it in your mind. A sinner may lift their hand in your face and say, don't talk to me anymore about God. And you may have to obey that, but that don't mean that hand in your face means that you don't talk to God about him. Amen, you can, someone can put their fingers in their ears, but they can't close the heart. And so we say, God, let the power of prayer, let it climb, let it go, let it go, let it be released in our heart and in our spirit. I hesitantly use this example as I have used it before, I think maybe only one or two times, but I believe it deserves to be repeated and please don't think I'm being distasteful. But in the early morning hours of August the 15th, 2008, we had a nephew that was killed in a car accident. My wife and I, along with my brother and his sister-in-law's pastor, brother and sister Mike Williams, we drove my brother Randy and Tina to the funeral home. And um, it was here that they would see their son Micah for the very first time. We were there to make arrangements and to say I was dreading this moment is <laughs> beyond words. So unsure of how they were gonna respond and handle this unfortunate but necessary moment. We went into the funeral home and we were asked to be seated in the lobby for just a few moments while they were doing something in the back and in a few moments the funeral director came and invited us to go back. I can't tell you how thick the air would have been. Overwhelming sorrow, overwhelming sorrow. 
But I promise you before the Lord and not for the sake of a sermon illustration that when the funeral director walked through those doors and motioned for us to come back, when we stood up as a family and began to walk through those doors, it was as though we walked through a cloud of peace. I can only ask you to take my word. But whatever I was feeling when I was sitting there, lifted. I'm not suggesting to you that anybody was giddy, nobody was high-fiving or cracking jokes, but I'm just telling you that the weight of that moment was lifted. We walked through those doors as a family and a pastor and his wife. We walked into that room and I cannot describe it any other way, but all the fear, all the apprehension that all of us had felt on that drive there without warning just lifted. The hour or so that we spent there making arrangements and visiting with uh, their son went so much better than I could have ever expected it to. There was just something I couldn't get away from, that evident feeling of a climate change. When we got back to their home, this is what I found out. At the time appointed for us to be at the funeral home, all the church people that had gathered at my brother's home, they stopped doing what they were doing and they all found a respected place to pray. And on their faces before God, they started calling our names before the Lord in prayer. And I'm gonna tell you, amen, that while we were miles removed, while they were miles removed from where we were standing, the power of prayer reached down and ministered in a way that I'm telling you that if I could somehow just describe it better tonight, if I could just put it in your heart, amen, how real prayer is and how powerful it is and how much it is needed. It's not just something we do as we make our way about every day. It's not just something we do over our food. That's a kind thing to think about, that we thank you, Lord, for this meal when we think about how many starving people there are in this world around us but that's not the prayer I'm talking about I'm talking about interceding prayer I'm talking about prayer that intercepts people's lives and prayer that can touch the heart of a sinner I'm talking about prayer tonight I'm talking about prayer tonight that can that we can't we can't right now be on a bar stool we can't walk into a bar room but I believe the Holy Ghost can send a power amen the prayer of this church and that prayer can can touch their hearts wherever they are, wherever they are. My God, let's lift our hands, can we? Let's just love the Lord for a moment. Oh God, I love you today. And I thank you so much, Lord, for the power, the power of prayer, the power of prayer. Thank you, Jesus, for the power of prayer. Thank you, Lord. You know, some people think about prayer like they think of, like they think about a parachute, they're glad it's there, they just hope they never have to use it. I read an illustration so many years ago and I just, I don't know why, it just comes back to my mind tonight, but there was a family that had gathered around their grandmother and I'm, I'm gathering that she may not have been totally in her right mind and so they said, we've done all that we know to do and so we're gonna pray and I don't know what her walk with God was. She said, my Lord, don't tell me it's come to that. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you something. It always comes to that. 
Prayer shouldn't be the last resort. In prayer, we rely on God. Prayer is the steering wheel, not the spare tire. Because you see, when you don't pray, that means you're that means you're just trusting in your own strength, your own resources. I have this. I've got this. I know that's probably not how we break it out in our mind, but at the end of the day, that's what it is. We don't need God, we've got this. Sometimes we struggle, obviously, in our flesh with how God answers prayer. C.S. Lewis once confessed that he was grateful that God had certainly not given him everything he wanted because he said, I don't know where I would be if God had given me everything I asked for. You see, prayers can't always or doesn't always change situations or circumstances, but prayer always changes me. I read this several years ago and it's so true. It's, he, the writer says, if our request is wrong, God says no. If our timing is wrong, God says slow. If we are wrong, God says grow. But if our request is right and if our timing is right and if we are right with God, then God says go. And so sometimes we're, we're caught in the crosshair of the no or the slow or the grow because we just think God ought to always say yes. In John's first epistle, he cautions that our prayers need to be according to God's will, according to God's will. So pray all you wanna pray, but we should always set that prayer in the will of God. I'm gonna tell you that I prayed about things that it just seemed, and I'm not being trying to be funny or arrogant, but it just seemed like I knew how to pray because it just seemed like the solution's pretty obvious. It just seems like all the Lord would have to do is just this. Only to find out later that if the Lord just simply thought my way, we would all have been in trouble. You see, the Lord's prayer doesn't really have a lot of candy coating on it. I know that doesn't uh, always fit the mind of men, but the Lord's prayer is very, a very grounded prayer. It's simple, but it has very meaningful concepts. And it's, it's those concepts that I want to address as we move along. It's been said when God is first, prayer makes sense. When we put God in the right place, then prayer makes sense. It's the Lord's prayer that is God-centered and not me-centered. It's all about him. We've got to put it in the right perspective. It highlights the predominance of God. And so I want you to notice something here about some things that Jesus did not say about prayer. He does not, A, discuss the posture of prayer. Amen. In the Bible, we find people, their posture of prayer, we find people kneeling, we find them sitting, we find them standing, we find them laying down. And so he doesn't address the posture of prayer, and I believe that, that uh, there's a reason for that. I believe that God is gonna help us to, allow us to find our comfort zone in prayer. Some people, for health reasons, can't kneel and pray. So wouldn't it be horrible if that was the only way you could pray? And so on and on, he doesn't dictate the place of prayer. We can pray anywhere, anytime. The whole world is our temple. 
He doesn't discuss the manner of prayer. Prayer isn't getting a serious look on our face, clearing our voice and, and you know, getting that best, as I say, stained glass voice going on so that we kind of sound like we're praying. And, and also the Lord doesn't specify a time of prayer. I believe that it's good to have some organization in our lives and organize our lives in such a way that we have a time of prayer. Amen, that's fine. But, but you see, in truth, prayer is fitting any time. You can pray any time. You can pray anywhere. <laughs> Praise God. Paul said, pray without ceasing. Some months ago, we were meeting with a couple. I'm just testifying. Please don't take this wrong. We were, we were eating dinner, eating lunch, really, with a couple of minister couple friend, ministry couple friend. And, and while we were sitting there, the, uh, the lady was sharing some things with us, and I just felt God prompt me to pray. We were in a very busy restaurant at the busiest time of day. I don't think God was saying, get up on the table. I don't think God was saying, go get the microphone, but I just felt led to pray, and I just started praying while she was speaking, and, and I wasn't praying out loud. I wasn't trying to interrupt the flow of what she was saying, but while I was praying, God gave me a word, a very specific word for her, and so we had prayer, and I ministered to her. The Lord ministered to her. You know what I'm saying? Sitting right there at that table, what, what I'm trying to point out is this, that prayer is always right. It's always fitting. You don't have to make a spectacle of yourself for the Holy Ghost to divinely step on the scene and make a difference. Praise God. Pray without ceasing. And so it's that that walking and living and breathing in this God conscious state of mind. We begin to recognize the presence of God around us. And that realization opens up a channels opens up channels at times of communication with the Lord. It may be a spontaneous moment, as the one I just described. I didn't go there to do that; didn't even have that on my mind. But when the Spirit of the Lord starts moving, we need to be sensitive to that. We need to be sensitive to that. Brother Bobby Gibson has talked about uh, the, the testifying of the lady in McDonald's that was having a heart attack, and so you don't need a manual on what to do there. You don't need to try to call nine one one spiritually, so to speak, uh, trying to find out what to do, you need to obey what's in your heart. Amen. And in that instance, it was get behind that counter and lay hands and begin to pray a prayer of faith. Let the Spirit of God touch. Amen. We need to avoid just the religious aspect of or religious ritual, perhaps, aspect of the Lord's Prayer. I, I think the power of the Lord's Prayer is beyond our ability to measure our way. And I think the words are meaningful, but we don't necessarily have to pray those exact words, but there's principles that are found there. Amen. And so he didn't even use the exact words. In Matthew 6 and chapter 6 and verses 9, he said, after this manner pray ye. He introduces the prayer not by saying pray this, but after this manner would be like you and I saying pray like this. Amen. Here's an example of prayer. And so the Lord's prayer is a blueprint for prayer. However, I do believe that the word of God is so powerful and true that if I just stand and read those words, <laughs> if, I'm not just if I'm not just repeating it and rehearsing it, if I'm not just trying to parrot it, those words are so powerful. Amen, the words, prayer, it's a summary of our relationship to God. There are many times reasons why people avoid this prayer 
because this prayer is a powerful prayer. You see, we don't avoid it if we just want it to be a plaque on the wall. Or we don't avoid it if we just want it to be a little poem kind of thing stuck in our Bible. But when you really get down to the brass tacks of the Lord's prayer, it really asks a lot of us. Amen, praying this prayer places some demands, some real demands on our life. As a matter of fact, the Lord's prayer is a pretty risky prayer to pray. One writer said it this way. He said, I cannot pray our if I'm only living for myself. I cannot say father if I don't try to act like I'm his child. I cannot say who art in heaven if I'm not laying up treasures there. I can't say hallowed or holy be thy name if I'm not striving for personal holiness myself. I cannot say thy kingdom come, amen, if I, if I am not doing my part to hasten that day. I cannot say thy will be done if I am disobedient to his word. I can't say in earth as it is in heaven if I am unwilling to serve him here and now. I can't say give us this day our daily bread if I am not every day relying on his providential hand to step into my life. I can't pray forgive us our debts if I harbor a grudge against someone else. I can't ask for forgiveness in my life if I'm unwilling to give it in the life of someone else. I can't pray, lead me, amen, not into temptation if I keep deliberately putting myself in its path day after day after day. Amen, I can't say deliver me from evil if I am unwilling to put on the whole armor of God. I can't say thy king, thy Thine is the kingdom if I am not loyal to the king and a faithful subject. I cannot attribute the power if I fear what people may do. I cannot ascribe to him the glory if I am seeking glory for myself. And I cannot say forever if I am bounded completely by the things called time. I'm gonna tell you tonight, I dare you. I double dog dare you. I challenge you to pray the Lord's prayer. But I warn you, it's a risky thing to do. Hallelujah. It's a risky thing to do. You gotta put your whole self out there. You gotta lay yourself bare before the Lord. And so if we are relying on the things of this earth, we can only get what the things of this earth can do. When you rely on education, you just get what education can do. It stops right there. If we rely on our skills or our abilities, we'll just get what skills and abilities can give us, but it'll stop right there. If we rely on technology, it all ends at the period in the line called technology. When we rely on organization, we can only get what organization can do. When we rely on prayer, we get what God can do. And God is not limited. God is not limited. Brian Kinsey said it best when he said, Many years ago, we were in a minister's session and, and, and I, I wrote this down on a piece of paper, but I'm very thankful that I wrote it down on my heart. Because Brian, Brother Brian Kinsey, Pastor Kinsey was talking about to ministers, he said, you know, sometimes life just has a way of creeping up on you. Now he was talking to preachers, to young ministers primarily, and so I, I don't want to exclude anybody. I want you to get something out of this because we can all make this applicable to our lives. But he said sometimes life just places you in an awkward situation and, and sometimes you're not prepared to do what you've been called on to do. 
And so if you've been called on to preach, but for whatever reason, he's not talking about just being lazy, but if you just had a calamity happen that day and you didn't and you only had an hour before church. He said if you have an hour to prepare or an hour to pray, pray. How many of you knows I'm not I'm talking to non preachers now? And if we have an hour to get ready or an hour to get ready. We need to pray. I'm gonna ask our musicians to come. You see, those devoted to prayer do things by prayer. They begin with prayer. Not tacking prayer onto the end as though it were an afterthought after decisions were made. It's probably too late to pray you've already made up your mind so to speak when faced with a challenge what we really should do is go into prayer and not into action I want to think about this a moment I want to pray about this a little while I want to talk to the Lord. I want to get some direction about this. Those devoted to prayer give priority to prayer. Never too busy to pray. Because you see, our level of, of commitment is gauged really and truly by the, by the depth and the character of our prayer life. I've had... Um, several authors on prayer really really challenge my personal prayer life I'm thankful for that because you see prayer is not a gift for just a select few they're not it's not just a few people in any given congregation or a certain percentage of people that are the prayer warriors no I believe that God has called all of us to prayer And I, I don't believe that prayer is just relegated to human ability. I believe that prayer can be a gift from God. And so if you're here tonight and you're struggling with prayer, prayer, struggling with praying, I'm just gonna ask you, have you asked God to help you? Because sometimes you're like me, we're lifting the heavy end and we never ask when the Lord would be so willing to help us pray. And so if we're followers of the Lord and we want to learn how to pray, he's standing ready to, to help. Amen. And so from this day forward as we stand I've shared this with you before, but this is not original to me. But from this day forward, I want to go to God with this kind of confidence. I want to ask and not just hint. 
I don't want to beat around the bush. I, want, I don't want to be subtle and I don't want to be presumptuous. I want to seek, not just merely hope to be discovered. I want to do what the scripture says, knock, not just lightly tap. You see, only the people who are afraid to knock on the door are the people who question their relationship with the person on the other side of the door. Can I say that one more time? People who are afraid to knock on the door aren't afraid of the door. They were afraid of the relationship they have with the person on the other side of the door. Amen. If I was walking to the judge's chambers of a judge I did not know, I would probably lightly be knocking on the door because I don't really have a relationship with a man on the other side of the door. But if I was walking to a door and I knew the person on the other side of that door, (laughs) I would knock with confidence. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Amen. Can we lift our hands? Can you just perhaps make an altar where you stand? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let the power of the Holy Ghost and let the truth of your word, God, the unyielding, unbending truth of your word, God, let it saturate our heart. Let it soak in tonight. We are where we are. We've admitted this before you tonight, God. We are where we are because someone prayed a prayer of faith for us. Someone prayed and they continued to pray. They knocked and they continued to knock. And so I'm asking you tonight, God, I believe with all of my heart that you are settling some things in our lives tonight. That, God, that you're placing that kind of burden in the heart of someone here this evening. That we can be that voice in someone else's life. That we can pray in Jesus' name. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.